the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If God sends an angel in your life because someone's praying for you, that angel's on you like Velcro until you get through that problem. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7-888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled, The Prayer Plot. That's the prayer plot. And don't forget, you can find this entire message online without interruptions at reachingyourheart.com. Yesterday, here on Reaching Your Heart, we brought you the first portion of the prayer plot. We will conclude this broadcast here today. Thanks for listening. Here now is Pastor Mike. Herod's plot was good, but not good enough to end the church. Two chains were put around Peter, not one, two, and they really tied him down. Two soldiers on each side of Peter, not one, two guarding Peter that day. And Peter in the middle snoring, I believe, the night away before his certain execution the next day. That's the picture we see in the darkness there of the prison. And to make it more secure, look what Herod did. The king had sentries placed at the door to keep Peter from getting out. Peter was not getting out as far as he was concerned because he had plotted against Peter and the king's will was firm. Now the king's plot was at odds that night with the prayer plot that ascended to God for Peter's life. Have you ever plotted for the purpose of God on your knees? Said, Lord, give me this for you. Not for me, but for you. Give me this family member for you. Father, give my child the right life companion. My father, give my child a surrendered existence with you. My father, give my neighbor to you. Help me to lead them to you, plotting on your knees for the good of others. That's what the church was doing. And so the prayer plot comes at odds with the king's plot. Acts 12, 5 says, earnest prayer was made for him to God by the church. Friends, as a minister, I need earnest prayer just like Peter did. Did you hear me? I need earnest prayer. And that's how we make it around here as pastors through prayer. That's why I have pledged my time to be in that prayer meeting. If I cannot be there, I can't be there. But if I can, I will. Because I want to pray with people who are praying for me. And I want to do what the great Christians of the past have done consistently. Have prayed for the church. In Acts twelve seven, God answered the church's prayers in a bold kind of way. In the prayer plot, God sent an angel from heaven to spank Peter for sleeping and to save Peter from his slumber. You say, hey, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Look at verse 7, Acts 12, 7. And behold, an angel of the Lord appeared, a light shone in the cell. It sounds like Christmas. And he struck Peter where? On the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. I did a word study on that word struck. It's the Greek word patasso. And it's used ten times in the New Testament. 
Nine other times, it means to smack someone hard, to smite them, to viciously and violently smack at them. Now, one of the lexicographers will say, well, in this place, it means to tap easily. But there's no evidence of that in the contextual use of this verb in the Greek language at all. It means to smite violently. This word is used consistently in the Greek Old Testament for that kind of spanking. And so, bam, an angel comes and looks at Peter's side, and I kind of know where that is, you know, because I grew up and I was disobedient, and he spanks the apostles. Peter, now I ask you this question this morning. How hard does God have to strike you in love to wake you up so you can pray with those who pray? What discipline does it take in your life to join with the people of God so you can be a vital component in advancing God's work? On the night of his betrayal, Jesus said, Peter, could you not watch and pray for one hour? We call that prayer meeting. In the middle of the week, could you not do that, Peter? And he asks us the same question in our lives. Could you not watch and pray with me? And so the angel shows up and smacks Peter In love, of course, hard to wake that apostle up. It's a loving smack, but an effective one, well-deserved and needed. The angel said, get up, Peter, and his chains fell off. Now, this is significant. When the people of God pray, on the person who's still growing, the person who's still not all there, the chains fall off the people who pray, and the chains fall off the person who's prayed for, Those people were released to have power with God in their prayers. And Peter suddenly was free because they had prayed for him. I can say right now, I would not be a Christian today if a handful of people had not prayed earnestly for my salvation. I would be a lost man. But I am in Christ today because of the prayers of God's saints. A person can recover quickly from the devil's snare because prayers were offered on their behalf. People can get saved decisively because the church prays for people fervently. People can overcome addiction miraculously and through the power of God be cured because God's people pray for them and do not let them go in the love of God. Sinners become saints because the church of God prays for them. And chains fall off that bind dead lives because the church prays for people in bondage so they can live. Paul says in Galatians 5.1, For freedom Christ has set us free. So pray for freedom on your knees. The Greek text says literally that the angel resurrected Peter. Did you know that? That's the word used here in the Greek language. He was resurrected. Peter's sleep was like the sleep of death. And God said to Peter, live. And Peter got up because someone prayed for him. Friend, you won't die one day earlier than the day God lets you die. So every day that you live, get up out of your bed, but first fall on your knees and do something for God and pray for others. Make your life matter in the life of someone else. The prayer plot interrupted Herod's mean plot because God heard that prayer and he ordained that Peter should live in spite of the plot of the king. And that's why his chains fell off and his hands were set free that night. No man set him free. Heaven set him free. When we pray like this, heaven sets us free. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, John eleven forty four, you know what Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. The purpose of Christ's coming is to unbind us and let us go. When people pray in the church, the chains fall off that bind them. When the saints don't pray, now let's turn it on the other way around. When the saints don't pray, the chains stay on that bind them. 
So pray that lives will be unbound and God glorified through prayer. At this point in the plot, the angel has something to say to Peter. Look at Acts 12, verse 8. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your mantle around you and follow me. Now think about the scene here a little bit. Don't move too fast through the storyline. The angel said, Dress yourself. The original language uses the verb for girding yourself when you don't have clothes on. Now that's a picture we don't often imagine. Why is Peter here pictured not having clothes on? Well, that was very simple. You see, he had two chains binding him, two soldiers beside him. If he didn't have any clothes, how easy would it be for him to run out into the street and get away? His pride would inhibit his run. And so Herod was smart in his plot to keep the clothes off of Peter. But it's also true when we come under the authority of the enemy in our life, when we are not advancing our prayer life, that we can lose a sense of the white robe of Christ's righteousness. Can we not? And so we can find ourselves in the hands of the adversity without a sense of the sacred covering that protects us. It takes time to put your clothes on. Peter, according to this verb, was stark naked when the angel struck him hard. Job said, Naked came I into the world, and naked shall I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The angel said, Wake up and put your clothes on, Peter. It's not time to leave the world yet. And the angel told him also to put his shoes on. Peter, tie those sandals right. And by the way, Peter, put your coat on too. Quickly, Peter, let's go. Now that's what's happening there. Friend, when God answers prayer in your life, He sends an angel to quickly clothe you with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Look, it takes time to put your clothes on, right? Peter was not ready. God clothed him. We can put the righteousness of Christ on quickly and decisively because prayers are prayed for us in the church. You know, friends, you can't follow an angel into the night and do God's work without the robe of God's righteousness in your life. At prayer meeting, why do we pray? We pray for the righteousness of Christ for our lives first, and then we pray for others too. And so Peter needed to put his clothes on. Look at Revelation 16, 15. End of time. Jesus is saying, Lo, I am coming like a thief. He's speaking in the sixth plague. Blessed is he who is awake, keeping his garments, that he may not go naked and be seen exposed. We need to have the righteousness of Christ at all times, and this we can keep if we are praying, Christians. Paul says in Ephesians 6.15 that our feet need to be shod with the gospel of peace and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace. The angel said to Peter, Peter, put your shoes on. Shod your feet. You see, you will live another day to preach the gospel of peace. In Acts 12.9 it says Peter went out and he didn't know what the angel was doing. You know, there are times when leaders go out to do the work of God. They don't have a clue what they're doing. They can't figure out whether I'll be effective or not. They just go. And they have to be led. But when angels lead leaders, God's people can make a difference. The account reads that he thought it was a vision. The angel led Peter past the first guard, then the second guard, gliding them by them all. And then the angel took him to the iron gate that led into the city, and the gate opened by itself. That's another way of saying God opened that gate, a supernatural miracle. He walked through the door that God opened. And the angel kept walking with Peter along one street, and then the angel vanished out of sight. In the story, the angel hung in there with Peter until Peter was able to walk safely on his own. Do our angels stick with us? Yes. If God sends an angel in your life because someone's praying for you, that angel is on you like Velcro until you get through that problem. And that was the fruit of the prayer plot for Peter. Look at Acts 12, verse 11. And Peter came to himself and said, Now 
I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Now, Peter here is almost quoting the prophet Daniel. Daniel 6.22. My God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not hurt me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no wrong. Now, unlike Daniel, he doesn't say I was blameless, but he said God sent his angel. In Acts 12, 12, Peter quickly went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, the mother of John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. And that is the very place they had been gathering and praying for Peter. The angel didn't lead him to some safe retreat out in the middle of nowhere. The angel led Peter to the prayer meeting. The people in the prayer meeting who were at John Mark's house were praying for people, and the angel led him to the place he needed to go. Friend, if God rescues you in life, If God delivers you from sin or from some challenge, why not show up in prayer meeting if you can and give God glory and give testimony where the prayers were prayed in your behalf? Because angels lead people to prayer meeting. Reaching Your Heart will continue with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on the Salem Radio Network, on Sirius XM, and on WAVA in the Washington, D.C. area because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages are prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you've been blessed by our ministry, please go to the website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. 888-244-4673 is the telephone number to call. Please consider picking up the telephone and dialing right now. Also, at the close of today's broadcast, we have a very special offer for you that we hope you'll take advantage of as well. Now more with Pastor Mike. The story continues in Acts 12, 13. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. Now, Rhoda's name in Greek is the Greek word for rose. We get our word rhododendron from it. Rose showed up at the gate because Peter was knocking at the door to get in. Rose's claim to fame here in the storyline is her simple willingness to serve and to open doors. Some people say, Pastor Mike, I can't preach. I can't teach. I'm not good at doing Bible studies. You know, I drop dishes in the kitchen. I don't know how to mow lawns right. You know, I can't tie my shoes halfway. But I can smile good. You know, we need smiling roses and rotas at the foyer of the church to greet the people of God and others when they come into the church. And so Rhoda's job was to be a rose at the door. These kind of people can serve the church with happiness and kindness and buoyancy And they can create a warm environment that is rosy inside the door of the church. Pun intended here. Rose, Rhoda, was at the door. And look at Acts 12, 14. It's hilarious. This is where humor is in the Bible. Recognizing Peter's voice and her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and told that Peter was standing at the gate. (laughs) You know, Peter's just got out of prison. He has escaped a massive whacking the next day. He comes to the door of the prayer meeting. Rhoda is so excited that Peter is alive. She slams the door on Peter and actually doesn't open the door. 
And in verse 15, the praying people at first couldn't believe that Peter's on the outside of the door and Rhoda's so excited. Look at verse 15. They said to her, you're mad. But she insisted that it was so. It is. They said it is his angel. You see, they didn't want to call her a liar. Now, the Greek word for madness is the Greek word for mania. It means insane. You're insane, Rhoda. You've lost your sense here. Rhoda was lit up like a torch. You know, we think that these early Christians were sterile and they didn't use real interactions. I mean, Rhoda, what's wrong with your wits here? They were all praying. Rhoda was with them. She was bouncing around the room like a little child. Peter's alive. Peter's alive. He's alive. Mania. Now, there are times when God answers our prayers decisively. And it seems too good to be true to stalwart, faithful, consistent Christians, right? Why would God really work a miracle for us? Look at Acts 12, 16. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. The prayer plot that night brought Peter out of prison and tore his chains off. And it brought him in full liberty to the very door of the prayer meeting house. God performed this miracle for the early church to teach the church in every age the importance of prayer meeting. John Wesley, one million people were won to Christ by John Wesley. John Wesley went to the Americas to change the Indians. He needed change and he came back. On his way to England, he was on a ship with Moravian missionaries that almost went down. They were singing hymns, the ancient songs of faith. And his heart was stirred that he was not right with God. And so he came to a Moravian prayer meeting where they were reading the introduction to the Commentary of the Book of Romans written by Martin Luther that started part of the ideas that started the Reformation. And there he said, my heart was strangely warmed. And there Wesley gave his heart to Christ. And in that prayer meeting in which they prayed for John Wesley, for the minister of the church to be converted, he would go out with a different attitude to win one million people to Jesus Christ to save England from a revolution. It did not go down the same road as France. They were so happy when they saw Peter that night. Rhoda was right and they were wrong. At that point, Peter told them to calm down and hold their peace. He didn't want anyone to kind of know he had escaped from prison. He told them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. Now, we know in the storyline, an angel led him out. But Peter says the Lord led him out. Now, we don't know. Maybe the Lord here took the form of an angel that night. It's not clear in the text. It's a little fuzzy. But no doubt the angel was working for the Lord. So Peter told them to go tell James, the brother of Jesus, and the brethren of what had happened to him. Then Peter went to another place, and yes, Peter hid. In Acts 12, 18... The soldiers woke up and they were very, very upset to discover that Peter was not between them. Where did that guy go? They couldn't find Peter. According to Roman law, if you're a soldier and you fall asleep at your post, you're executed by your fellow soldiers. That's how it worked back then. When Herod examined the guards, he had them put to death for sleeping. In Acts 12, 19, Herod went down to Caesarea to stay for a while. It was the city built by his grandfather, Herod the Great. It was the administrative center of the whole province of Judea. It was a place where he could look big and feel important after his failure there to impress the Jews. Acts 12, 20. Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And they came to him in a body and having persuaded Blastus, the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. Remember, this is the time of the famine. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes 
took his seat upon the throne and made an oration to them, a long speech. And the people shouted, the voice of a God and not a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord smote him because he did not give the glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. That's a graphic end to the prayer plot here. It's not exactly how you want to end a speech or end your life either. The man who killed James with a sword, who plotted harm against the church to bring it down, the man who sought to kill Peter, ended up with worms in his mouth like chewing gum that day. The man who would not let God have control on the inside died of worms on the inside. And so it will be for the masses of the world who plot to destroy the church of Christ at the end of time. Herod was smote with a plague of worms by an angel because he did not give glory to God. Now when you read the book of Revelation, it's abundantly clear. We have three angels' messages in Revelation 14. The first angel's message, Revelation 14, 6. Open your Bibles, look at it. The final message to the world resonates with what we are looking at here. It says, Then I, which is John the Revelator, I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven with what kind of gospel? That is the eternal gospel with an everlasting gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on the earth. That's what Peter was doing. That's what Paul was doing. That's what we should be doing. To every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God, which means to love God. And then what does it say? And give Him glory, for the hour of His judgment has come. That's what Peter did. He gave the Lord the glory. That is not what Herod did. Worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water. Now, last time I checked, we can worship God on Sabbath, which is the seventh day, Saturday, according to the Bible. We can worship God in prayer meeting, too, in the middle of the week. To get our energy, we can come to men's prayer breakfast, and we can worship at that time, too. And there are small group fellowships we can gather to pray as well. Revelation 16, 8-9. The fourth angel poured his bowl in the sun. It was allowed to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched by the fierce heat. Now this is the final era of the plagues after the word of God has been heard. And look what the problem is. And they cursed the name of God. That means they cursed the law of God. God's name, God's law is the same thing. They cursed his name, his law, who had power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. So what Herod did, the world will do at the end of the age. Peter was quick to give the Lord all the credit for what he had done, how he had saved him that night. It worked for Peter. Peter was loosed from prison. His chains fell off by the power of God in answer to the prayers of the saints in prayer meeting. Herod died in agony because he would not give glory to God like Peter did. He would not surrender to God on the inside. The church grew in spite of his persecutions. His plot has passed into history as a failed coup attempt against God. And the famine that was there was eased by the kindness of God. And the saints kept growing. Verse 24 of Acts 12. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their mission, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. John Mark is the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark that tells us so much about Peter. Long after Peter died, the message of the apostolic era, the Word of God, was extended by the writing of the New Testament, these younger believers that wrote down what they observed. The Word of God grew. Friends, we can't grow unless we grow through prayer and the Word of God. In the end, the prayer plot prevailed and Herod's plot failed. And so the church that prayed prevailed. Dear Heavenly Father, you have said 
through Jesus that when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And then Jesus said, pray at all times. Lord, we ask this day, I'm asking for us to be praying Christians around this place. For us to find seasons to pray together. We see something we don't like, we pray for that person or cause. We see someone who needs to be saved, we pray for them. Lord, may we be found in the place of prayer and prioritize it over the other stuff of life. If we can, be there, be there. And Lord, I lift up this church to you. You know, in the course of a week, I pray throughout the week for these people. I pray for myself. I know there are many here who pray for me. And Father, I ask you to bless and keep them in Jesus and for him. Not in presumption. Not in the kind of lifestyle that would treat as non-essential these essential Christian disciplines. I pray for you to bless them as they persevere in prayer and action for the cause of God. And Lord, we long for the day. We long for the day when we will not fight against the flesh. But in the meantime, Lord, help us to fight well and win the race and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We so appreciate your contributions. And for a donation of any amount, we have a very special offer for you today. Have you ever wondered what happens five minutes after death? Do you long for the assurance of eternal life? Is there a longing in your heart for something beyond this life? Dark Tunnels and Bright Lights by Mark Finley is the message of hope you need. This book presents the real truth about life after death, and that truth is more amazing than you can imagine. Call for your copy today. Here's the information you need. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Your donations help us keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Call now. 888-244-HOPE. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.